1994's Airheads. Was there a different Airheads that we need to be watching? No, I'm just saying the date. 1994's Airheads? You mean Brendan Fraser's Airheads? Brendan Fraser's Airheads, yes. 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 Fraser or Fraser? Fraser. We ran into this last time with uh, Encino Man. Encino Man. Um, so yeah, it was made in 1994. Um, our director so, is Michael Lehman. Hold up, Michael. Our yeah, we're writer talking about the director. is Rich Wilkes. Our stars. What were you doing in 1994? What were you doing in 1994? I was 13. Joel, 1994. Uh, I'd like to say I was rocking out to Alanis. Or Ace of Base. Or Ace I, think of it was Base. Pre, I think that was pre-Alanis. Yeah, when when did Alanis' Jagged Little sorry. Pill come out? Pardon me, that's pre-Joel Alanis. Listen, there was point, no she Joel. She was actually Alanis. She was like Alanis, like the pop star Alanis. Never too hot, never too cold. Before like Jagged Little Pill, which is her like, like her Robin Sparkles angsty phase. <laughs> Josh, there was no Joel before Alanis. <laughs> Come on! I was a shell you can't of a person. Without Alanis. Do you remember the Alanis Morissette song? That homeless guy. Alanis. Yeah. Yeah. Wesley Willis. Wesley Willis. Wesley Willis is awesome. Yeah. Unfortunately, Wesley Willis has left this earth. He's no longer with us and hasn't been for quite some time. Um, but Wesley Willis was amazing. Sweet. All his songs sounded exactly the same. Yeah, every single song was the same, just different lyrics. Alanis Morissette. You are a rock star. You are a rock legend to the max. You can really knock it out. You can really whoop a horse's ass. Alanis Morissette. Airheads. It starred Brendan Fraser, Steve Buscemi, and Adam Sandler, an all-star cast. Brendan Fraser, Adam Sandler, and Steve Buscemi. Now, is it Buscemi or is it Buscemi? I always, I said, I always said Buscemi. Is it bruschetta or is it bruschetta? Bruschetta. Right? Is it's it Is it Bernard or Bernard? Mm. Uh, is it, it tomato it, or tomato? If you say it in French, it's Bernard. Is there, can, we, can we highlight that for a moment, please? Can we, can we back up and you can say that again? Say Bernard in French. In your French? <laughs> Bernard. <laughs> Bernard. Bernard. Croissant. Foie gras. 
Um, anyway, so um, hey, hey, let's not let's not leave out a, a, a number of the key actors who are also in this movie, like Mr. Chris Farley, Michael McKean, uh, Joe Montaigne, Montaigne. Just if you're that excited and you say it so matter of factly, don't struggle don't with saying his name. Uh, but, if okay. Josh is wrong, please write into the show. I would love please, if he was wrong. Please. please, David Arquette's in this. Oh yeah, Ernie Hudson. Yeah, from Ghostbusters. Yes, Ernie Hudson. Uh, yeah. So there's several really awesome actors. There's a number of like walk-on roles and um, what's the word I'm looking for? Cameos. Oh, oh cameos. Right. Yeah. Uh, m- most notably, uh, Lemmy Kilmeister. Yep. Lemmy. Speaking of Lemmy, the opening song for the opening credits yep. is a Motorhead song. Yeah, Born to Raise Hell. <laughs> Good song, man. And so this is actually our second Brendan Fraser movie that we're doing. Um, he's having a moment right now in Hollywood, but uh, we've always loved Brendan Fraser. Like, I mean, back in the day. The Mummy 2? Yeah, no, I'm not a fan of the Mummy movies. Actually, the Mummy franchise, it was it was sticky. Yeah. It was, but it, it was what it was. It was like... Brendan Fraser was taking on the role of the Marx Brothers. Yeah, well, he was... That's how I view it. I think he was just trying to feed his family. Yeah. Taking on roles, kind of like Nicolas Cage takes on ridiculous roles. Just, he's feeding his family. Give me the keys, a-hole! <laughs> that, uh, that was Trapped Nicholas. in Paradise. That was a... The, hey, nice side hit oh there. My God, trapped John. in Paradise. Because in that scene, he's like, give me the keys! there is a scene after the credits where brendan fraser who is um our character chaz what did we what did we decide on is fraser or fraser i say fraser okay it's fraser then all right for this it will be fraser yeah anyways brendan fraser who is playing our character chaz uh it shows him riding his bike to Palatine Records. His motorbike, not his pedal bike. <laughs> Out of the way, guys! Yeah, as, soon as, as soon as you said that, I was like, they're gonna think it's a pedal bike. You're like, he's riding his bike! His motorbike. He's riding his motorbike. His right? Harley. Up until Melrose. Yeah. Um, so he goes to um, Palatine Records, and kind of in the background, you're hearing... A radio broadcast um, from KPPX Rebel Radio Studios, and the DJ is playing a song by the Sons of Thunder, and it's their debut album, Scrambled Eggs and Wobbly Legs. <laughs> oh yeah, that was for all you pinheads out there too hip to take off your leather jackets in this ninety-five degree heat. Now I know when the weather gets like this, it brings all you nutbags out of the woodpile. And since I am a trouble magnet, I have one thing to say to you bozos, and that is, back off. Here's the Sons of Thunder from their debut album, Scrambled Eggs and Wobbly Legs. You're listening to Ian the Shock on a station with more hair, more flair, yet so debonair. KPPX, Rebel Radio. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I mean, that was my best radio voice, but. Yeah, that was pretty good. And kind of stupid song. I don't know what you feel about the song, but we only hear the first five seconds yeah. every time it plays. <laughs> Anyway, so Chaz pulls into Palatine Records. He sneaks in wearing a delivery man uniform. 
uh, the security's chasing him through the building. And this kind of sets up what Chaz is all about. So he runs into the, finally he finds a record exec. He explains that he's part of a band. Let's get some security on the second floor. We've got a bogey in elevator one. It's that guy in the delivery uniform again. Oh no. Hey, excuse me. Mike, it's him. The wacko's back. Yeah, I'm up here in A and R Hey, hi, are you like an executive here or something? Yeah. Hey, no, my name's Chaz. Chaz Dark, listen, I'm in this band, right? And we just have this incredibly sweet demo. I think you should hear it. Put a shot in your finger. I can't take that tape from you. It's called Unsolicited Material, and the lawyers would have a fit. Hey, but this is the real thing, man. This is rock and roll. None of that, you know, gimmicky stuff, the million vanilla haircuts. And no, all listen, that. I would love to hear it, but if it's unsolicited, I can't touch it. Look, we've been trying to get solicited. We play all the clubs, and we. Well, then maybe a gimmick would help. The cream always rises, okay? Super duper. Thanks. All right, dude. Thanks. You again? You just can't learn, can you, scumbag? It's like this movie is sponsored by Motorhead. Because as soon as he gets into that office and he's sneaking around, it's just like pictures of Motorhead and Lemmy. In the record record, um, building? Yeah. When When he gets in there. Hey, that's how you start a show. Everybody knows that record companies suck when it comes to music because they, they try and find a shtick and they beat it like a dead horse, man. Like, it's just... It's all about the money. So, like, you, you catch glimpses of weird little things that, like, they're making fun of when it comes to record companies. One is these, like, these knobs wearing Dr. Seuss hats and, like, jean jackets with the sleeves cut off. He's like, okay, he's like... Or their uh, their rep is like, okay, if you guys uh, if you guys feel the need to soil soil yourselves, like go right ahead, like just any anything extreme, anything punk. It was like, what the hell? It's because it's business. It's not art. Yeah, it's I just again, I like this part because it gives a glimpse into how ridiculous record companies can actually be. Okay, now be wild. Be as wild as you want. If you feel like wetting yourself, go with it. Okay, anarchy's good. They like anarchy. Okay. What, what are we supposed to say? What? Don't say anything. Are you kidding me? Jeez, do you want to blow this? You know how much these stupid hats send me back? When Chaz finds this record exec, Jimmy Wing is his name. He's explaining to him, I'm, I've got this band. I've got this really great song. Here's our tape. You know, we play all the clubs, you know, and then uh, Jimmy Wing explains that um, can't touch it because the lawyers, lawyers would have a fit. And um, you got to play the clubs to get signed. Now, Jimmy Wing is played by the one, the only Judd Nelson of The Breakfast Club. Yep. Mr. Bender is now being re- you know revised as Jimmy Wing. Soul Patch, blowing in the wind. 100% douche canoe. Yes. Yep. He's a good actor. So he gets kicked out of Palatine. The security guy grabs him, throws him out. He chucks out the demo that he brings... And it's a reel-to-reel tape. Yeah. <laughs> Which comes into play later on. Yeah. It cuts to um, Chaz sitting on his couch, shirtless, watching an Aerosmith video. Air guitaring to an Aerosmith video. Yeah. <laughs> and his girlfriend Kayla comes in. And she's wearing this leopard print bodysuit. And... Yeah. She looks 
well, ridiculous to me, but I don't know. She is um, choked. So she comes in, she's chatting about her crappy day at the office. She goes into the bathroom and then she comes out with a box and she throws it at Chaz and she's like, you ruined my makeup, you butt. <laughs> it's like it fell in the tank. Yeah. So she gets yeah, yeah. What happened to my hey. makeup? Fell over. Hey. <laughs> what the hell happened to my makeup? Fell in the toilet. Babe, come on. I told you I have to leave it on the tank. You ruined my makeup, you butt. What is this attitude, Kayla? Huh? You know I've been through today. I guess you woke up when the sun was warm and rode your Harley up and down Melrose impressing all the 15-year-old girls, right? Babe, don't even... Babe, don't. Babe, don't. No. Babe, babe. And so she is, like, yelling at him. And he's like, well, I was down at Palatine Records with a meeting with a big record exec. I was down at Palatine Records. That's where I was. Really? And she's like, what? Really, babe? And then he explains, like... Yeah, he was almost about to sign me before they, like, kicked me out. And then she's like, maybe you should get a job, too. They have this big fight about him living the rock and roll life and her wanting to live the rock and roll life, too. We talked about solicitation, and uh, the guy said he'd snap us up in a second if it weren't for the lawyers being such dingleberries. <laughs> Did he like the tape? I was just about to give it to him, and then a security guard showed up and ruined everything. <laughs> Come on. Please. Hey, it's true. Look, I'm making really good contacts. I am. When they hear this song, they're going to go ape shit. It's just, it's going to take some time, Kayla. All right, what's the big deal? The big deal is that I'm doing the bullshit work and you're living the rock and roll life. I want to live the life too. And she ends up kicking him out of the house, throws all the stuff out. And also, okay, not to go back a little bit, but there was this one part that I thought was really funny. Like just before uh, that douchebag throws the, the reel to reel out. But he goes, yo, man, this is the real deal. None of that Millie Vanilli stuff. None of that Millie Vanilli stuff. Oh, um, dude. Were they so, even a thing? Hey, let's, let's rewind for a second because, like, Millie Vanilli, like, there's a lot of people who don't understand what Millie Vanilli, like, what that was. Like, when we were kids, Millie Vanilli, they got pinched for lip syncing to a song that was quote unquote theirs yeah. at, like, an award show. Like, they were playing and the, the like, the, the tape stopped. And they kept, like, mouthing the words. Yeah, they kept mouthing the words. Now, back in the day, that was a big thing. Like, everybody does it now. Like The old Jessica Simpson fiasco on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Well, I mean, in Britain, that was going on for years on Top of the Pops. Like, on Top of the Pops, they would pre-record the show to make sure the sound quality was on point. And, like, classically, you have bands like the... uh, like Well, Nirvana was one that played on Top of the Pops. And, like, the whole time, like, Kurt Cobain is just, like kind of miming like a robot hands like robot with this hands, guitar because like, he didn't want to lip sync but like there's been a bunch of bands who were like who drew attention to that on top of the pops but for Millie Vanilli that like ruined their career And which, which really actually, weirdly enough, plays into the end of this movie, Josh. 
You are yeah. you're connecting dots that will fall into yeah. place near the yeah. end. So, so maybe that's Matt, maybe that's a little bit of foreshadowing, like kind of like a a weird subversive foreshadow. Yep. Yep. Okay. And this then no Milli Vanilli. And then getting back to where we were, Brendan Fraser's you like, like you're treating me like some goober after I wrote this song for you. I can't believe it. You treat me like I'm some necklace goober after I wrote this song for you. Oh, you wrote that song before you even met me. So? You wrote that song before you met me. Yeah. Um, so she kicks him out. He moves in, his stuff in with his friends, uh, Rex, who's da- played by Steve Buscemi, who works at a toy store, and uh, Pip, played by Adam Sandler, who owns this? a pool cleaning company. Yes. There's so much foreshadowing going on here. So uh, Rex and Pip are brothers. Uh... The older brother being amazing, the younger brother being a drummer. <laughs> <laughs> and it shows Pip like pulling up in his van, and it's like this old school van with like this sweet logo on it, like this metal looking logo, it's but a, it's the logo for his pool cleaning business. It's a Fargo. It's a Fargo van. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. They're like chatting away about the band and everything, and then they go into the apartment, which is a crap hole. Let's let's rewind just a touch because when it shows Rex at the toy store, it shows him kind of well, pardon me, not kind of. He's stealing all these like discontinued squirt guns, and the reason he's like stealing all these squirt guns that they've discontinued is they're too realistic. Which he explains in the apartment. Which he explains in the apartment. Right. But I'm when he tell gets old in man that, Clemens. <laughs> just gonna say that. I'm gonna tell old man Covington. Oh yeah, that's it. It's, 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 oh shut up. Too late, Zachary. I'm out of here. I'm gonna tell old man Covington. I'll be quiet. And, but, uh, but Rex takes a bottle of like pepper sauce and dumps it into the into the squirt gun. He's like he's like somebody some of that uh, was it. Uh, the Hollywood Boulevard trash comes up over the balcony, and I'm, I'm, I'm all like... Yeah, man, I mean, most of these guns are discontinued anyway. Wow. Like the water pistols from a Flash Battalion combat set, they got rid of it because it looked too real. No! Mama! Now you got yourself a whole arsenal here. <laughs> what are you doing? Pepper sauce. Active ingredient capsicum. You blast this in somebody's face, and they're all like, Oh, oh! Some Hollywood Boulevard trash comes shimming up the rain pipe. Yeah, so the guns look super real is the point. And And they're filled with... On the way to the apartment, in the van, there's all these stickers. Like, there's a paw sticker. There's an obituary one right behind him. They got, like, Molly Crew ones. So it's like, ooh, okay. Metalheads. It blew my mind that there was a paw sticker because, I mean, I guess in 1994, paw was huge. And for all those listening, I please, I I beg you, please check out paw. Paw is fantastic. Dragline, amazing album. Big man, big hands, strong back, strong mind, gold glove, S16, good looking lack, Steve McQueen. We were just singing the song or the lyrics to "Degenerated." 
Degenerated. And it is called Degenerated, by the way. Yeah, do you know who originally does it? Who? Reagan Youth. Huh? Yeah, man. It's a Reagan Mm. Youth song. I heard that the girl from White Zombie co-wrote it. I she, could be wrong. She might have helped on, like, doing... Because, like, Brendan Fraser actually sang that song. Like, they, re- they re-recorded the whole thing and, like, made it slower and cleaned yeah. it up. But, uh, and, like, maybe she had something to do with that, but... But you can tell that, like, Brendan Fraser is actually singing it. Yeah. Oh, that's his voice. Yeah, and like, but like Reagan Youth, that was a Reagan Youth song. Like back in the eighties, they released that. Yeah, huh. cool. Anyways, so yeah, so they have these realistic guns, and so then it cuts to them uh, at night, like that evening, and they're in a club. The whiskey go go. And the DJ from KPPX named Ian is um, kind of hosting a, a night. It's like I think it's Ian a record. Yeah, I think it's a record release party or something. Yeah, for um for the Sons, Sons of, of Thunder. Thunder. So he's introducing the Sons of the Thunder. Sons of Thunder. Listen up, you lowlights! What the hell are we doing here on a Thursday night? That's right, rock and roll. Okay, we're here to party tonight with our little buddies, the Sons of Thunder. Chaz and, and Rex have this conversation that they blew them away or they blew them off the stage because they were way back. the bands. Yeah, like six months ago. So they're like kind of pissed at the fact that these guys get a record deal and they're still standing in the audience. And so this is where Chaz gets this like really big idea to go to the radio station and ask Ian to play uh, their song on the radio so they can get signed. Sons of Thunder, man, didn't we blow these queens up the stage at Chase Bang six months ago? Do you know uh, the the Sons of Thunder are a real band? Do you know what that band was? Go, oh, please, tell oh, us. They were a band know. called the Galactic Cowboys. Oh, God, oh, that's even okay. worse. I, I know, it's worse than the Sons, Sons of, of Thunder. Thunder. Sons of Thunder is awesome. It's a better name. But I remember like how they start the songs like, Don't hate me! But that was a little Axel Rosie. But there were a little Axel Rosie. I almost thought it was like the um, uh, Ugly Kid Joe. Yes, that's what the guy looks like. Yeah, he's like that super like SoCal look with like the t-shirt that's too big. But at the time, he's wearing, like, like a beautiful long head of hair. Yeah, but he's wearing like some sort of it's like a it's almost like a, a Native American like the you know the shield yeah, the bone vest. shield the bone shield yeah. they wear on their right and then like straw pants. Yeah. Fruity pantaloons, Does it, I yeah. they're referred to as. I think Adam Sand- Sandler says, look maybe at those, we need those Maybe we need some fruity pantaloons. <laughs> Man. But that's, uh, yeah. The the lyrics to the song are pretty funny. First of all, I'd like to say thanks to Ian and Rebel Radio for playing our single and basically getting us signed. Is this on? Oh, God, God, God. 
damn stupid pantaloons they're wearing. That's what we gotta do. But it looks like they're carrying a load in them pants. You know, they play this song on the radio and they got an album and everything. That's what we gotta do. Your lips are broke. Your head is empty. This faded Valentine is what you sent me. Anyway, so um, Chaz and Rex and Pip the next day they head over to the radio station and while they're driving there pip is trying to like explain to them that it's a total security building and he gives this like weird like example of his friend that won radio t- or uh, concert tickets and, and like, they like tasered him in the balls <laughs> no they tasered him so his hair fell out the radio station didn't do that he was just saying remember that guy that got tased by the cops he right went to the, the radio station. Yeah, he went to the radio station to get his concert tickets, and they slid him through a slit with some salad tongs. <laughs> <laughs> so look, all we got to do is get him to play the tape, and we're golden. This is never gonna work. Pip, damn it! What is your problem? Remember that guy, Doper Greg? Remember that guy, man? He used to blow bong hits in his iguana's face and try to make the thing watch cartoons with him all the time. Oh, why will you shut up? Just get to the point. What? Well, he won this radio giveaway, and when he went down to the station, they wouldn't let him in the building. It was like this total security building. They slid his tickets through this little slot with, like, salad pong things. Oh, so just because that anus couldn't get in, does that mean that we can't? Anybody gives us any static, I shove this in their face. Ah! It's a total security building. So anyways, they're, like, trying to fiddle around with this little security thing on a door. Like, do you remember, like, Pin? Like, it was such a thing, like, so he puts his, like, bank card in and, like, puts his, like, secret pin in and it eats the card. Pip, give me your bank card. Yeah. Come on, let's go. I'll get this door open. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Piece of cake. Watch this. What's your secret code? Huh? What for? That's how these things work. I can't tell you my code. You get over there and tell them the code and hurry up. You punched it in, okay? Please don't look. Yeah, and Pip is like super upset about it, and then then they try and like they try and short it out by like spitting like cola in it, like yeah from a from a big gulp. They take a big gulp and they try and use a straw to like short circuit it. It's like Rex is trying to be MacGyver. <laughs> All right, you stand back. What are you doing, MacGyver? Open it up. I'm gonna short circuit it. Back. Chaz and Rex go up a ladder. Um, onto the roof while Pip is still standing there and then he gets hit with the door because the receptionist who we will come to know as Susie anyway she hits Pip and uh, then she goes back in to get him some ice and she comes back out and she apologizes and then when she goes back in they um, drop a duffel bag drop back a duffel bag you can have a duffel bag what's a duffel what's a duffel and why was there a bag for it why is it why was it ever called a duffel bag Anyways, that's how they gain entry into the radio station. Oh, ah! oh my god! Uh, here. Um, are you alright? Because I'm I'm really sorry. I just came out for a cigarette. Don't worry about it. Because I'm I'm really sorry. I just came out and bonk and Hi. <laughs> 
No, you have about 10 seconds of a of a Sons of Thunder song stuck in your head because you don't no. know the words past no. that. They don't, they don't play it past it. It's like, your lips are full, your head is empty. And that's all I know. That's all I know in that song. I know, 10 they seconds. I think those are the words. That, that's exactly the words. Your lips are full, your head is empty. I don't think that's they the are. the opening lyrics to that song. And Joel's going to play the clip right now to prove that. Your lips are full, your head is empty. This faded valentine is what you sent me. I sincerely hope it's not that. <laughs> we'll find if out. Not, we'll find out when this episode's okay, released. So if we just heard the clip and it's not the words I said before the clip, I will cop to that. Okay. So it's not those words. I'm pretty... <laughs> Diggy darn darn sure. I am 93% sure. I am 72% sure. <laughs> they walk through the radio station, kind of like looking around and being yeah, like, yeah, yeah what's up? Yeah. Right. Like they, they're supposed to be there. Yeah, and they walk into the sound That's a Josh move, by the way. Booth or Yo, the, what's, up? what's it called? Yeah, Is it called mean. a sound booth? Where they are broadcasting from? That is the sound booth. Okay, so they walk into the sound booth and they're like, kind of like, <laughs> we're a band. We're a band. <laughs> oh, of course, the Partridge family. Uh, which one of you is Laurie? <laughs> <laughs> and Ian is like, Ian the Shark is very uh, clearly yeah. like hungover, doesn't want to be there. And he decides that he's going to put dipsticks on the air. So he takes the mic flicks it over and says tell me about you well and it's like kind of this condescending mock interview he's doing because he's like bored yeah so his job doesn't want to be there bored a bunch of dum-dums walk in we're a band we're band man he's like yeah you are let's have a chat to you let me get this straight um you guys are a unsigned band, and you broke into the radio station to get your demo played on the air? That's about the Sloan Skinny of it. And um, what sound are you uh, megastars of the future hip to? What is your musical vibe? Well, and this is, like, while they're, like, answering kind of his questions, this is where he asks them what kind of sound they're hip to. Oh, my goodness. And they goodness. explain what genre they are. What, what's the end result? Power slop? Power yeah. slop is the idea. Yeah. We're like a... You know, trash, uh, speed, more like power slop, you know, but we don't like to limit ourselves to labels. We ain't trash, we speed, we could play it. It's not bass noise either. Right. Right. Yeah. It's more like, it's like power, power slop. slop. We don't like to limit ourselves to labels. So, <laughs> anybody out there in listener land, if you understand what power slop is, we wouldn't mind uh, you reaching out to us, give us your... <laughs> Give us your uh, take on what power slop is. I'd be we more interested reach. if you are a power slop band. Oh, I'd if love you're a power slop band. Music. Oh, send, like, just send it right over. So I was just recently in, introduced to dwarf metal. Yeah, I've. It's just been popping up my TikTok feed. Yeah. I don't know where it came from or why. Power slop. If you're a power slop band or interested in this, you can reach out to us at weekend at decades at gmail Also, if you have something to add to the movie so far or even later, 
we'd love to hear from you. We've got t-shirts, we've got merch, we've got Joel on a unicycle. Yes. And that, uh, that is weekendatdeckards at gmail.com. Yeah. Oh, for merch, it's bricksblisters.com. This episode of Weekend at Deckards podcast is brought to you by the Bricks and Blisters podcast network. Helping fun and unique podcasts find their home. We provide help with podcasting ideas and also provide podcast editing by trusted professionals. For more information or if you have any questions, please email us at bricksblisters at gmail.com. Again, that's bricksblisters at gmail.com. Now on to your show. Yeah, sorry. But my next note, I don't know, maybe got spell checked. <laughs> more than likely. But it says Dim Star Baby Huey. <laughs> so, does somebody get referred to as Baby Huey? I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> and I was like, maybe. is when the boss Milo, who's played by Michael McKean from uh, Spinal Tap. And A Mighty Wind. And A Mighty Wind. And oh, he Better Call Saul. Saul. Yep. Um, so Michael McKean is the boss and he's got this stupid ponytail and his name is Milo. So he busts in and he's like, what the hell is going on here? Blah, 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 blah. Bureaucratic a-hole. Yeah. And then he's yeah. like, uh-oh, and- we're busted. You know, there's always some meats banker out there who always wants to lump you together with all the other long-haired buttholes. But this is one of the things that we are struggling against. I'm telling you, it is tough. This guy knows. I got booted out of Palatine Records. My girlfriend kicks me out of the apartment. Well, I'm sorry. I'm just trying to conjure up the kind of woman who would go out with you. Yeah, but she's not, she's not like what you'd think. She's actually really cool. And, well, I, don't know, I guess what it all comes down to is that we really care about each other. And, and uh, I screwed up. She's been there for me practically from the beginning. And I think I let her down, but I just, I really, I still want us to be tight. Uh-oh, I think we're busted. What did I do now? Get these guys out of here. Are we still in the air? Listen, Milo, I get six minutes of talk time every hour. What do you care how I spend them? Get these morons off the air. I'm warning you, Ian. Ease up, Grumpy. Somebody gave you a break once, even though you're a goon. I say we make this an open forum. Let's hear the man out. Go ahead, Conan. Explain to Milo why we should play your tape. Look, I'm not pulling putt here, all right? My entire life force is on this tape. And I don't know what else to say. Come on, man. Can you just give us a shot? How can you say no to that? And then uh, they realize that they're actually on the air because Ian had flipped on the on-air switch without them knowing. And so they they basically kind of plead their case. They would like to have a shot, have them play their song on the radio. Milo gives them the whole spiel like, well, if, if you were so big, we'd be playing on the radio. And they say, we're not on the radio because you won't play us on the radio. And that's why we're not big. And not to digress too much, but that is a big thing to do with bands. Like bands and legislation when it comes to music, like there's such a, a weird circular thing. that like, if you're big, we'll play you, but you don't play us. So we're not big. Right. So Milo tries to throw them out very forcibly, and Rex decides to pull one of the toy guns out of the band and threaten him, or out of the bag. Dun, dun, dun. And threaten him with it. And because they look so real, everyone's like, oh my god, it's a gun. Try it. I will not be pushed around by Hollywood Boulevard trash like you. I'm trash? What are you doing? You're better than me? Huh? Oops. He's got a gun! He's got a gun! 
And it does, like, it comes into it later, but it cuts over to one of the employees who's played by uh, Michael Richards, uh, who we all know as Kramer from Seinfeld. Cosmo Kramer. So he's, he listen he's hearing what's going on, and then he starts to hide. And this comes in later. So uh, Chaz decides to also grab a gun, and uh, they just start yelling that they want to be heard, and uh, and it's a hostage situation although they're toy guns chaz starts ranting about what it's like to live rock and roll (laughs) he's like i'm out there living it actually he calls milo a penis yeah (laughs) then this penis had to step in all right look i know you would have been cool but then this penis had to step in and get all heavy look all i want to do is be heard and then we're out of here he also says in that that he's like do you know what it's like to play for the other bands and and, and, their, and their, their girlfriends. girlfriends. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know exactly what that's like. Yeah. I know exactly what that feels like. Yeah, and it feels it, great. Doing, <laughs> doing it's nice that the other band is into what you're doing, but they're the only ones there. Yeah, and, or you, the yeah, and you look over at the bar staff and they're like on their phone. You're like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So during his rant, he mentions Jimmy Wing down at Palatine, and Jimmy Wing at Palatine is hearing this. Hey, hey guys, we're all rock and rollers here. You look like half a butt puppet. Do you know what it's like to be on the bill and to play for 15 minutes, and the only people there to see you are the other bands and their girlfriends? Don't talk to me about rock and roll. I'm not there in the clubs and on the streets, and I'm living it. I am rock and roll. It's guys like you and that Jimmy Wing down at Palatine that ruin everything for everyone. Jimmy, Jimmy, they're talking about you on KBPS. Come here. Then you realize that there's a million of these Jimmy Wing yuppie phone smugglers out there. These guys are running the industry, and they don't know a damn thing about rock and roll. And he's (laughs) talking about how these big record execs don't know what rock and roll is. And in the meantime, Kramer uh, has called 911, and he hides in a closet. So the police have been alerted to the hostage situation. And then they discover that they can't play the tape because it's only on reel-to-reel and the station's only set up for uh, CDs and and, uh, cassettes. So I have a couple questions. Number one, who's recording on reel-to-reel and how do I get a hold of them? We can't play this tape. We're only set up for CDs and cassettes. Chaz, I said we should have brought a cassette. A cassette that knocks out the low end and it makes my background vocal sound like someone's stepping on my nuts. God, Mr. Perfectionist. Mm-hmm. Number two, I don't know, I guess that's the only question. That, But that is an awesome, I want to record everything on reel to reel. And so when you break into a radio station, they're not able to play your song? Yeah. Do you have that in MP3 free? MP3 free? MP3 form? So they have to search the radio station for the reel-to-reel player. So they end up in another DJ's office. This is Marcus. And uh, he's giving Milo, like, crazy <laughs> attitude. Like, so Marcus Milo, is very much... Did I tell you to knock before he came into my office? Um, <laughs> Milo, didn't I tell you to knock when you come into my office? Just keep quiet and get that reel-to-reel deck down to the booth. Oh. Gonna tell me to shut up now. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. See, a brother can't open his mouth without the white man slap him down. Just do it, Marcus. How, how would you describe Marcus' character? It's very um pro black power. Yeah. 
free Africa, black power. Yes. Like, and again, this is in the nineties. Right. So that, that movement hadn't like, what was the, like the black lives matter movement hadn't been such a big thing. This is like the pre the lead up to that. Obviously he is the DJ that plays kind of the old school, uh, stuff like Hendrix and, and that kind of stuff. Well, as well as like hip hop and especially LA at the time, like yeah. in 1994, like it would have been like super controversial, like hip hop on KXPX. White man with a gun. Same shit been happening to my people for 425 some odd years. Hey, you like working here, man? We're down, man. Hendrix was God. You want to take a step back? You standing on my dick, man. Yeah, I seen uh, Anthrax and Public Enemy. That was out of control, man. Hendrix was God, man. It's like, what? You want to back up? <laughs> You're standing on my dick. <laughs> Which is one of the funniest lines I've ever heard in any movie ever. Yeah. Just like, it, 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 it's one of those things that just personifies like sort of the awkwardness between like not only certain like music genres, but like, like I know a lot of guys who are into hip-hop but they're, they're not sure how to bridge that gap yeah they're like i'm into hip-hop too and everybody looks at them like sorry what but marcus can't stand pip he's like oh yeah get away from me well no pip is the personification of like like white bread banger who's like you know he's the drummer in a metal band yeah like he's like oh yeah i listen to a lot of hip-hop too and he's like sorry this isn't happening <laughs> So they end up getting the reel-to-reel back to the sound booth, and they ask Ian to give them a really good introduction, introduce the band, and he asks what they're called. <laughs> and he's like, read it read it there on the box. And it says, The Lone Rangers? And he's like, there's three of you. You're not exactly he's like, alone. He's like, the Lone Rangers. He's like, Should it be the Three Rangers? He goes, what? No. He goes, well, you're not exactly alone. There's three of you the lone rangers that's original how can you pluralize the lone ranger what's wrong with that well there's three of you you're not exactly lone shouldn't you be the three rangers no idea what you're saying right now you lost me forget about it Ian. just play the thing yeah good just come on just, just play it Listen up, guppies, Ian the shark is back, and have I got a surprise for you. I've got goosebumps, frankly. For the first time ever, I'm willing to bet. Here's that hit single by The Lone Rangers. Shouldn't you be called The Three Rangers? It was like, I have no idea what you're saying. Anyway, so the tape starts to play, and then it starts getting eaten by the reel-to-reel, and then it lands in an ashtray and starts to, like, burn. Like, it starts on fire. And uh, Pip is like, Put it up! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, it's on fire! Ah! Hey! What? Oh, what? Hey! Oh, oh! Hey, that's my jacket! Put it up! But the look on Ian's face when this happens, he's like, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it gets faster. He's like, yeah, that's good. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so after the tape is eaten, they all kind of look at each other and then they start to run. <laughs> it's like, like, Jesus. Here. 
Jesus, bro! Oh man, look at this, the demo's wasted! Well, what are we gonna do now? Run! And uh, the building is already surrounded by cops, so they've got a cop at every entrance. Well, and... at that point, it's like just a, like an interest thing. Like the the LAPD is like, well, let's maybe check this out. There might be an issue, but there's nothing going on outside, so they don't know what to do. So a squad car pulls up towards where the van is, and they run outside, and they're like, the cops are here, and they're like, nope, abort, abort, abort. And there's a funny bit where they send Pip out. <laughs> he like walks forward and the cop walks forward and then he walks back and the cop walks back and then he starts to do this really stupid dance it's the robot kind of like a robot like <laughs> and then it runs back in and goes i don't want to go to jail <laughs> you say i'm too pretty to go no, to jail no i'm fragile i'm, I'm fragile. fragile having to round up everybody in the building and officially take them hostage and uh and this is where you're introduced to uh david arquette reggie kathy who's marcus uh susie as well as milo yvonne wife yvonne and there's like this really funny bit where like david arquette's on the phone having this ridiculous conversation and he's got like this surfer accent and this like bleach blonde hair but he's got a sweet kmfdm poster in the background of his office <laughs> what was she on the clydesdale scale yeah that's where you got to figure how many clydesdales it take to tear off your face yeah imagine it Later. um so if you guys are gonna pop anybody pop milo <laughs> That guy's, that, guy, a oh wait, that guy's a bozo deluxe. Yeah, that guy's a bozo <laughs> deluxe. <laughs> I have that in my, in my notes. Tell but, them to pop Milo first. Hey, hey, you guys think you're going to waste anybody? Well, because if you are, pop Milo first. That guy's a bozo deluxe. All of this is on the air. This has all been played on the radio. So Jimmy Wing is sitting at Palatine and he's listening to this. And he was like, he's like, if that guy's a bomb. He has a media bomb. He's like, if the song's in English, it'll be a gold record at least. So there's like this other thing happening. I knew from looking at him that he was a bomb about to go off. A big fat media bomb. They're going to be all over the news now. Time Magazine. Larry King Live. If the song's in English, it's a gold record at least. But it's essentially creating a lot of static, a lot of like, like buzz about this whole thing. So... Like, like without without intentionally doing it, they're creating like a media bomb. Yeah, because it's all being played live on the air, a hostage situation. So like it's essentially the heavy metal or hard rock version of War of the Worlds. Yeah. But it's real. Like they but un- like they, they take everyone it- hostage without intentionally wanting to hurt anyone. Just they wanted to get their stuff on the air, and all of a sudden this turned into this huge thing. Well, they're not even real guns. No. They didn't intend to do it. So well, they get everybody. I'd like to just for a second here, there's a lot of people who are like, well, maybe maybe much younger than us. When your band got played on the radio back in the 90s, that was huge. Like, more people would come out to your shows. More people would know who you were because you're on That's the radio. That's how people knew 
that's how people know who yeah. you were. And that's that's how that conversation, why that conversation happened earlier. Like, if you were bigger, we'd play you on the radio. And, like, Chaz is like, well, we're not big because you don't play us on the radio. So it's like that circuitous thing back in the day. Like, what, what was it in the that thing you do? Oh, God, I've never seen that. Yeah, Tom- what are you doing, man? the old school um record companies and how they wouldn't play you unless they were big and you couldn't get big unless they played you on the radio yeah i never saw the movie and so once your once your hit quote-unquote hit was on the radio then then everybody knew who you were then they'd sign you and it was like it was such an like an ass backwards way of doing things yeah listen there's two types (laughs) of people in this world there's people who have seen doing that thing you do and there's people who haven't and me and Miranda there's people who were teenagers in the 90s and there's people who were not teenagers in the 90s (laughs) if you were a teenager in the 90s and you ended up at some weird party or like quote unquote get together where everyone was watching that thing you do you either watch that thing you do or you're the weird guy who's hanging out in the kitchen all along. Josh, you can pick any excuse you want, but you're still I didn't in I in that group of people. I didn't say I was the guy in the kitchen because you know what? Tom Hanks is amazing. You know what? You look you know the real life Mark <laughs> Hey, look like, he, look here Colin Hanks, you need to shut your mouth. You know who you look like is in the real life 90s Mario Brothers? You look like Mario. <laughs> Daddy-o. Mario, Mario. The kids call me Daddy-o these days. Okay, look, how many Marios are there between the two of you? There's three. There's, there's Mario Mario and Luigi Mario. So, <laughs> after that uh, regression. So, Kramer is up in the duct. Do you know Kramer's real name? Without looking, without looking. Michael Richards. Oh, come on. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? what Kramer's real name is. So he is in the air ducts spying on the hostage situation. Now he's actually physically in the air ducts. So he lights himself on fire in the closet because he like spills a bunch of crap on his arm. But then he like crawls up into the ductwork. So they get everybody into the boardroom and Susie... Boardroom? Boardroom. And Susie is like, um, can I send a chair? I don't want to get all cruddy. <laughs> And Chaz is like, yeah, okay. And then Milo's like, if she gets to sit in a chair, I don't see why I have to sit on the floor. And then Chaz is like, okay, everybody gets to sit in the chair. Except, except Milo. Milo. Everybody on the floor right now. Uh, do, do you mind if I sit in a chair? I, I don't want to get all cruddy. Uh, uh, yeah. Thank you. Uh, if she doesn't sit on the floor, I don't know why I have to. Hey, you heard the man. Hit the deck or I smoke you. Sit down on the floor now. Everybody else gets to sit in a chair except for you. Spot the douchebag. That's what's going yeah. on here. So the police are outside and they're kind of getting in full force. 
The cop in charge is okay. actor. So, police officer? Police officer. Police officer. Officer? The police officer. Yeah, nothing, nothing haggard has happened. We don't have to refer to them as cops. They can be police officers. The officer in charge is actor Ernie Hudson listen, from Ghostbusters. Listen, Josh, there's two types of people in this world. <laughs> <laughs> there's people who call them cops, and then there's people who call them police officers. All right. And I here's think my... we know which one you are. Uh, officer O'Malley. Who's a police officer. Recruits uh, Chris Farley, who's a rookie, rookie cop. To uh, help him uh, sort the hostage situation. You getting all this, Wilson? Establish contact, make sure it's not a false alarm. I know the procedure. Cops call into the radio station and they ask what their demands are. Mm-hmm. And so his de- the only thing they've wanted so far is just to have the tape played on the radio. Um, but the only mm-hmm. other copy of the tape, his girlfriend who kicked him out of the house. Kayla, she's got Kayla, it. Kayla. She's the only one with that copy of the tape. Yeah. Um, and I so, like how he says here, all I want is a lousy three minutes and 31 seconds of airtime. Look, I, I understand you're trying to make a statement here, but this is getting out of hand. Hey, come on, man. You know where I'm coming from, huh? Hey, come on, be a sport, will you? All right, but can we move this along? Now, why did you come here? I came here for a lousy three minutes and 31 seconds of airplay. That's it. Fine. And I fact-checked that. Their version might be three minutes and 31 seconds, but the original version of that song is two minutes and 22 seconds. So, oh, a minute and 10 seconds longer. Yeah, so I don't know what they did to their version. Yeah, there's probably another guitar solo or something. Or a guitar solo. Mm. Anyway, so um, he tries to call Kayla, gets the voicemail, or I guess it would be the answering machine back yep. then. And I just kind of said that. And so he tells the cops that his girlfriend has the only other copy and she's out for the night. You're going to go have to go find her. No, she's out for the night, man. If you want to find her, or no, if you want, want that tape, you're going to have to go and find her. Good to meet you, Chaz. Uh, you tell me what I can do to get you to end this. You got to find my tape. Sure, okay. What kind of tape is it? It's a demo tape. We want to play it on the air. Is that what you want? You want to play this tape on the radio, then you'll come up. That's right. The machine inside ate the original. My girlfriend's got the only other copy. All right, give me a number. I'll give her a call. Thanks, nay, dude. I already tried that. She's out for the night. You're going to have to go find her. Or is she? I don't know. I'll try the strip somewhere. Maybe the whiskey. She's uh, just totally pissed at me. But, uh, is that her? She's a real looker. She's probably on the strip somewhere, like the whiskey. And he like flips his hair weird and like pulls out a picture. Beautiful, beautiful hair. I mean, and Steve Buscemi, you know, hasn't been good looking in any single movie. You know what? I'm going to say this is the movie he looks the best in. I was just going to say the same thing. This is the movie that actually he well, looks even that, that not horrible. Right there, the picture that we're looking at right now of Steve Buscemi, he looks like just a decent old dude, man. Did you know that Steve Buscemi used to be a New York City fireman? He was at 9-11. He was a first responder. What? And all his like co-workers used to make fun of him for wanting to be an actor, but they were his biggest supporters. Every play, every little thing he did, they were all there to support what? him. Well, he did this like way before like 9-11. 
Yeah, I know. He would have done a bunch of movies before that. So he was obviously still working as a, a fireman. As a fireman. Yeah, I mean, cool. fact checked me. I don't know. I just saw a little thing about it, but yeah. But I mean, like, he does look the best in this movie with like the long hair and like the like wristbands and like the metal outfit. Dude, like, actually, you know what? Let's just talk about this for a moment. A lot of the actors in this movie, they look great. Like Michael McKean. He looks awesome, like with his pony nub. Well, no, he lo- he's just he looks good. He's playing the part, Brandon. He's playing the part. Brandon Fraser looks awesome in this movie. I don't know how to pronounce that last name. Montana, Montana, Montagna. How do you pronounce that? Ian Montana. the shark. I yeah, don't Ian know. Ian the shark. Sorry. That well, they're, like, they're all young. Yeah, they're all young and full of piss and Josh and I even are... Harold Ramey. Harold Ramey's like. He looks like he just walked off the set of Ghostbusters. Like, he looks awesome in this. But it is 1994. Right? So, Joel, to put this in context, Josh and I have on the screen right now, we have a cast list from Airheads, and it's all now, like, the cast now. Now, now pictures. So except, except for Lemmy. Super old. Lemmy looks like Lemmy, except for the fact that it's a coffin picture. Yeah, he looks like he's dead. <laughs> yeah. yeah. him. But let me look like he died, like, I don't know, 2000. Yeah. Listen, that least. man went the way he wanted to go. Exactly. I, I, I once watched an interview with Lemmy where he says he drank a bottle of Maker's Mark every single day. And the bonkers part about that is what he said, whether he needed it or not. <laughs> Who drinks a bottle of Maker's Mark if you need it or not? Like, why, why would you need you? it? Why would you not? Like, Good God, man. So Pip is kind of covering Chaz while he goes out to talk to the cops about finding Kayla. And Pip is chatting with Yvonne, the receptionist. Oh, the best question. The best question in the world. Because, like, we, we kind of saw this a little bit when he was talking to Marcus earlier. And now he gets a chance to talk to Yvonne. And he says what? Why don't black people like me? <laughs> Why don't black people like me? Excuse me? Just, you know, I listen to a lot of rap music, and I know how angry black people are. And I feel bad, you know, for all you guys got to put up with. Well, that's very nice of you. How about when you go into a store, and all the clerks start staring at you like you're going to rob the place, and you're like, hey, I just want to buy something. I'm sorry, that's never happened to me. Does that happen to you? Huh? No. But, uh... Just saying, now it would be bad if it did. Look at Chaz out there doing his thing. Why don't black people like me? Uh, obviously really bugs him. Anyway, so there's, it's like, and what it shows while Chaz is out talking to, um, pro- or professor, I mean, officer. Professor Ernie <laughs> Hudson. Officer O'Malley. The the cleaner, the, the, the janitor from, uh. Ghostbusters. Yeah. So it shows like there's a party actually developing outside because everybody is listening to this live on the radio. Now you're going to have to send out one of the hostages just as a sign of good faith. That's my rules. All right, fine. You have your orders, Chief. Now get cracking. Officer O'Malley convinces Chaz to let one of the hostages go as a sign of good faith. So they go back into the boardroom and um, Chaz says, okay, we're going to let someone go. And then uh, Pip goes, I think we should let Yvonne go. She's really nice. And then what's his name? Uh, Milo. Milo. Well, I should be blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I don't yeah. see why she 
she'd be able to go. Why don't we draw straws? And and then Chaz goes, yeah, okay. Yvonne, get your shit and go. You'll be home in time for The Simpsons. <laughs> why don't we let Yvonne go, man? She's very nice. No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I don't see why you automatically have to choose a woman. Well, it's kind of sexist, don't you think? I mean, we could we could draw straws. We could... Okay. Yvonne, get your shit and go. You'll be home in time for The Simpsons. Rex uh, gives Pip a bit of trouble, kind of while they're in between, about how he's being too nice to the hostages. So he gets Pip to, like, like do his, like, hostage-taking, like, yelling and stuff, and it's hilarious. Yeah. Okay, and get over there, please. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> this is where Michael Richards just happens to be listening. Yeah. So Michael Richards, as it is, is kind of he's super in the air he's super suspect of everything that's going on. So he hears this happening and craps a brick. He's like, "No, no, I gotta, I gotta reach out to the 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 officers that are out there. Let them know what kind of like maniacs they're dealing with." But I mean, it's like it's circumstantial. Like, you know, <laughs> and Sandler's like, "Get over there in the corner and stab your head off." With what, Pip? With what? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. With my yeah. dick. I'm gonna miss you, Bond. Oh man, look, let me tell you something. Don't be chit-chatting with these people, man. They're not your buddies. They're your hostages. I was just trying to be nice. Yeah, I know. But then every time you tell somebody to get on the floor or be quiet, they're gonna they're gonna be like, oh, even me, Pip. I thought we had something going. You know, you gotta scare these people. Mm -hmm. Practice, practice. Just try. try. I just feel a little goofy, you know. I'm trying to be a badass with a water pistol. They don't know it's a water pistol. They think it's real, right? Come on, now show me what you got. Come on. Okay, get over there, please. Thank you. What are you, a crack baby? Give me that. I got it. I give me, give me. All right, I'll show you. All right. Hey, you! You shut your mouth, you chicken sucking bastard! I'll stab your eyeballs out and piss all over your brain. Be a slaughterhouse in here, dead bodies flying through the air like freaking rag dolls on fire. Okay, okay, you. all right, thank you. All right, against the wall. Come on, tough, tough. Seriously, move it. I'm not scared to come on. I'm gonna stab your heads off with what? With what? With my dick! Yeah! yeah! And blood's gonna come out of your head! There's nothing you can do about it! Cause I'm a madman! <laughs> That's good. It kinda hurt my throat. And so in the meantime, there's this, like, I think he's a special ops guy that shows up. It's another cop. And he tries to kind of take over what O'Malley is already well, he's, doing. He's, uh, he's SWAT. So yeah. SWAT shows up and... Carl Mace is the the character name, and he's trying to he's trying to take over. And O'Malley's like, "Look, unless unless things go sideways, unless things get hostile, I've got one hundred percent control." So Carl Mace or Officer Mace is trying to like establish his own. Uh, no, reason. he's trying to take over. Yeah, he's trying to establish his reason to be involved in this situation. So he's trying to take over. O'Malley but, tells him to step back, and then Mace is like, "Okay." But again, her show. Hello, O'Malley. <sighs> Looks like the code is due soon, Mace. Everything is solving itself. Good to hear it, because I'm taking over the interior perimeter now. You and your patrol boys can fall back. I hear you. I didn't hear what I just said. We don't have a situation here. Oh, yeah? Well, just what do you call an office full of hostages? Mace, I'm in the middle of negotiations, goddammit. And until I decide there are no options, you don't use force. Hello, okay, O'Malley. It's your show. 
we see like foreshadowing here because leading up to this, like Mace is talking about how like his wife is his ex wife is being all bonkers and blah blah blah. Left him for a pool cleaner. Yeah, banging the pool boy. So, um, anyways, so Kramer calls from inside the building, and instead of being patched through to O'Malley, he's patched through to Mace. So Mace recruits Kramer as his inside man and ends up smuggling a real gun into Kramer into the building. Now there's a bunch of things that happen here because of like the noise that's going on outside the building. Mace mishears Kramer. He said Kramer says he was in the Merchant Marines and and Mace is like, "The Marines? I got that." And then says a bunch of things and like just mishears a bunch of things that Kramer's saying. So attributes a lot more credit to the character than is necessary like he's an accountant yeah he's an accountant for he's not he wasn't in the marines yeah he was an accountant for the merchant marines so he's like he's never seen action he doesn't know how to handle a firearm nothing like that so he's just a ding dong in the wrong place at the wrong time who is this my name is doug beach i work at the radio station speak up beach are they molesting you in any way no i'm hiding in the air cooling system now they don't know that i'm here i want you to do something for me beach but i can't allow you to put yourself at risk what any kind of training well i was in the merger marines marines yeah i copy that did you get those people away from the van but i was an accountant now nah, you won't be held accountable listen i want you to be my man inside this is what i want you to do beach i want you to check in with me periodically i want you to talk to me directly and me only and i have a number for you to call and so the um sound booth is kind of being taken over by the the lone rangers um, the free rangers and they're playing a bunch of music and they're like making it a party so at this point this is when this is when the dichotomy shifts it goes from being a hostage situation to you know what we're going to turn this into a big ass party and things are going to be cool because we the people now have control okay now yeah. two two things here two things they play a smith's cover yeah at this part, it's kick ass. It's a kick I tried ass to up. look up who did it. Okay, you've sold out the forum. You're standing in front of twenty thousand screaming fans. What are you gonna say to them? I'm gonna say, Rock and Roll! Watch speed, Mr. Zulu. <laughs> That's it. You're gonna scream rock and roll. You're gonna go to jail for that. Is a saying, Milo? Okay, so it's Anthrax that does that Smith's cover. Yes, yes which is kick ass. Yeah, which is way. yeah, they do a really good job. And then this is the part where um, Rex is going through a whole bunch of CDs. You stop. Right. So you pause it there. Collect your thoughts. No effects. And there you go. No effects. White trash, two heaves and a bean. We wrote this song. It's not too short. It's not too long. It's got backup vocals in just the right places. It's got a few losing odds. And it takes a little pause just before I sing the air Song on the radio. Almost every line is sung in time. 
Uh, what do you say? You guys have so much rad stuff here. But then they don't play that all Yeah, yeah. Why don't I ever play any of this stuff? Yeah, and then, yeah, he's like, why don't I ever hear any of this stuff? And then Milo goes, well, if they're so hot, why aren't they tearing up the charts? Man, you got a ton of hot CDs here, and I never hear this stuff. Why don't you ever play these guys? That's Milo's call. Why don't we play them, Milo? Listen, if they're so hot, how come they're not tearing up the charts, babe? Because you never play them, babe. You suck. That's where he goes, you don't play them. That's why they're not tearing up the charts, dude. And then it shows them... Um, kind of watching the news and they're covering this hostage situation on the news and the news calls them failed musicians lashing out at society a band of failed musicians lashing out at the society that won't listen to them their target the only capitalist edifice their mtv soaked minds recognize a rock and roll radio station oh man this is complete bullshit i quote White urban males are the least likely to elicit tears from a city already beleaguered by people with real problems. And they're like, failed musicians lashing out at society. But the funniest part is the footage they're showing is when, like, Rex is outside and he's giving everybody the finger. Waving his own finger. They blurt it out. (laughs) And he grabs his crotch and they blur it out. He's like, what the hell? (laughs) Yeah. So, in the meantime, we get, like, it flashes all over the place, so we get uh, a little bit of Chris Farley trying to find Kayla at the whiskey on Sunset. In the meantime, also, Ian finds a bunch of light listening music in the radio station. And he confronts Milo about why they have all this light listening merch. Stuck's got himself a whole crate of Kenny G CDs and you're talking trash? A crate of CDs? You don't even listen to music, Milo. What are you doing with a whole crate of CDs? Those are free promos, Ian. I use them as stocking stuffers at Christmas. It's the middle of July. What the hell are these? They're shorts, Ian. You know, pants with little legs. And this? Hey, I don't have to explain myself to you, babe. Come here. What? I'm right here. Speak to me. What's going down? Okay, um, we're changing formats. Sunday midnight, the station goes soft rock. Rebel Radio's going soft? Well, we're changing the name of the station to uh, The Rain. You know, relax to the mellow sounds of The Rain on KPPX. That, and we're being forced to restaff. You pud. You're firing me? You little snake in the grass bastard. Where do you get the balls to fire me? This was handed down from above, Ian. I fought this thing kicking and screaming. You've just begun to kick and scream, you sniveling putts. I'll kill you. Oh, and uh, they find out that the radio is actually the not the station is um, going easy listening. Station's going easy. Right. And so so Ian gets back on the radio and he's like, we're going easy listening. And it's like, it's like the big boo. So like, oh, boo. And so he's like, come on down. We're having a big party here, which just creates more chaos outside. Dude, what happens is Ian decides that they're getting screwed. So they're going out with a bang. And they said, you know what? If it's too loud, you're too old. And we're having a blowout here at KPPX. 
and we're and they just start gonna, giving out like concert tickets. Oh, giving out concert tickets. And, and outside of the absolute. mayhem, it's like this crazy tailgate party. So, like, literally, kids in a candy shop. Everything goes their way. Things are awesome. This is like we're gonna like the ship is sinking. We're gonna light it on fire so at least we can have some damn fun. And a party ensues outside and just chaos. Boom. And also, they start like writing like this weird list of demands. Oh my so that god! They I love the insanity. They complete insanity later, so it's like a football helmet filled with cottage cheese. Naked and- pictures of B. Arthur. So, what else we got so far? Number one, airplay, and that's underlined twice. Number two, a football helmet filled with cottage cheese. Mm-hmm. Number three, a Zon walnut base with a graphite neck. Thank you. Hey, wait. What was that for me? Go for broke. It's on the LAPD. Oh. I want me a PRS guitar with a dragon inlay. Nice. Number 13, naked pictures of B. Arthur. Excuse me? The chick from the Golden Girls. Look, I know who she is. Come on, fellas. I'm just a street cop, all right? I mean, how am I supposed to find all this stuff? A giant baby bottle? Give me a break. You better figure it out, Pappy, or it's going to be curtains for everyone. That's my favorite. Naked pictures of B. Like, what's his name? Uh, Captain O'Malley sees this. He's like... Naked pictures of B. Arthur. He's like, where the hell am I going to find those? <laughs> so it just like everything is kind of ramping up and and headed in a really crazy direction. And fun direction. This is the party I want to be at. It's the party I want to be in the center of as the protagonist. Mm-hmm. And well, one of the phone calls that they're on with um, O'Malley, they said somebody else, uh, I think it's Rex, that says... Um, we want a record deal right now. And then Chaz gets mad at him and he's like, no, we want them to sign us because they like our song. Oh, yeah. And we want a record contract. So let's get some kind of record executive down here pronto. <laughs> what? What are you asking for a record contract for? That's what we want. Look, you don't just demand one from the cops, okay? It's got to come unsolicited. What's unsolicited? Forget it. Just forget it. What did I do, man? Come on, I'm just hanging the guy. Hey, look, it's one thing to goof around a little bit, okay? But we do have a serious agenda here now. Are you with that? Yeah, I'm with that. Good. Yeah. And, but the cops send in a fake, well, we don't know it's fake. They send in a record exec, um, and they end up asking him trivia questions. Okay, hang on, hang on. First of all, this is Harold Ramis that shows up. Now, Harold Ramis is, again, uh, co-star of Ernie Hudson's from... Ghostbusters. Uh, Ghostbusters. He was also in Stripes. Yeah, he is one. I think he's one of the producers, if not one of the co-writers of this movie, and like like a comedic genius, like a heavyweight. He and Bill Murray wrote so many crazy things together. So Harold Ramis rolls up at the door and he's like, "It's like, yeah, yeah, you guys are awesome." He's like, "We want to sign you to a record record deal, blah blah blah." And uh, so Chaz is like. Okay, cool. Like, have you seen it out here? You guys are bigger than Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Chaz! Hey guys, Chaz, let me in. Who are you? Chris Moore, Capitol Records, A&R. Come on, let me in. I told you, man, things are going our way. Take a few steps back from the door. You toss me some ID. Hey, hey. All right, man, so how'd you find us? The cops told me you guys are looking for a record contract. There is something going on here we got to take immediate advantage of, guys. Yeah. Come on, let's talk, huh? Yeah, what's that? What's that? Will you look? 
This is hot. You guys are the hottest thing since Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Marky Mark, man, that guy sucks. Okay, forget Marky Mark. There's magic out here, guys. Let's talk contracts. I promise you, someday we're going to be backstage at the forum laughing about this. Yo, and Rex is like, Marky Mark. <laughs> yeah. So, questions. Questions happen. Now, this, this question has been quoted and thrown around my house, like, numerous times. I know we're all in the same boat. And number one question. If Lemmy and God were in a fight, who would win? And he, yeah, he, he answers, he answers he Lemmy. Goes, he goes, Lemmy. He's like, wrong. He goes, God. God. He goes, God. He goes, trick question, asshole. Lemmy is God. Who'd win in a wrestling match, Lemmy or God? Lemmy. Ah, God. Wrong, dickhead. Trick question. Lemmy is God. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's also the Van Halen, David Lee Roth. Oh, my, Yes. And they're like, he's a cop. He's a cop. Get him out of here. All right, let me ask you a question. What side are you taking the big David Lee Roth Van Halen split? What do you mean? What kind of question is that? What side did you take, Halen or Roth? Van Halen. He's a cop. Oh, come on, guys. Oink, oink. Strictly a judgment call. They sold a lot of records after Dave left the group. He goes with David Lee Roth. He's like, no, cop. Get out. He actually goes with Van Halen. Does he? Yeah. And he's a cop because everybody Uh, likes... When David, David Lee Roth was part of Van Halen. Yeah. As someone whose dog's name is Van Halen. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I mean, so Van Halen, not Van Hagar. <laughs> uh, Chris Farley finds Kayla at the whiskey. She's listening to White Zombie, who are playing live. Watching White Zombie. Watching White Zombie. Would playing live. And uh, he ends I would, up... Okay, I would give my left testicle to watch White Zombie in the at 90s. the whiskey. In the 90s. You're Kayla! I need to talk to you about Jazz Darby. Jazz needs any bail money, you can just tell him to forget it! Look, there's a situation down at Rebel Radio. I'm going to need to take you in. Look, Jazz says you've got to take Please. That would be an amazing show. Yeah, I never Sorry. thought the whiskey a go-go was very big. I thought it was always really small. No. I think it is small. Isn't well, it? it's a small venue, but it's a big, like, big in that, like. It's a big name. It's like yeah, CBGB. Like, yeah, exactly. It's like exactly. tiny. Well, it's, on, it's, on the, it's on the Sunset Strip, right? So it's like. Not a big place by any stretch because, like, the rent on that place probably would have been bonkers as it is. Yeah, but big club, small footprint, amazing bands played there. Kayla shows up with the tape, um, and they're outside the cassette tape, the cassette tape, and they're outside. And uh, Maze, the special ops guy, calls Chaz Chester Ogilvie. Dun, dun, dun. Let us just give it up. Chester and you and Sweetie Pie can talk it over later. Just stay out of this and get your hands off her. Why did he call you that? Oh. Well, there's a lot Chester didn't tell you about. Right, Chester? What's he talking about, Chester? It's, uh, he's, uh, oh, you, Kayla, there's something I got to tell you. What? And he, has, and he ends up confessing in front, in front of the entire this crowd. This is pre-internet, you guys. He confesses in front of the entire crowd that he used to be a nerd. His name was Chester Ogilvie. And then the crowd 
ends up rallying together and yelling their nerdy things at him. I played d too! I was a geek in high school. I had really short hair. I played Dungeons and Dragons. I had a bug collection. I ate my boogers. My name's not Chaz. It's Chester. And I understand if you don't love me anymore. I play D&D too! Editor of the school magazine. Yeah. I used to wear corduroy pants. I used to masturbate constantly. Yeah. Who is this, Chad? I want your body. Lemmy yells from the crowd. I was editor of the school magazine. <laughs> and then some lady yells, "We're with you, Chad." I want your body. And so the crowd still loves him, even though his real name is Chester Ogilvy, which I think is way better than Chaz. I'm Chester Ogilvy. Now, now, there's there's one part here that I I don't know if we missed it or it just hasn't happened yet or it's around this part, but um, Ian the Shark is talking to Chaz about his tattoos. Yeah. And he's like, what's with these uh, tattoos? Anyway, on his bicep is barbed wire. And uh-huh. it's just like the dumbest. Nice okay, again, this Chaz is right has the, the dumbest tattoos. Yeah, yeah, you know what's so cool? This barbed wire. Me and Pamela this Anderson gecko. have it. This <laughs> gecko on his chest, and the then gecko. like the big paper on yeah, his back. Yeah, like, I gotta get this band off the ground, because like death is chasing me. Hey, can I ask you something? What's with you guys in these tattoos? Well, check it out. I got this barbed wire here. Gecko. This one is so cool. It's a, it's a Grim Reaper. See? I'm gonna get some more cash. I'm probably gonna color it in or put some chaps on it or something. You know, I mean, I can understand the mom or I heart Wanda, but why the Reaper? It's like death is stalking me and it's telling me I better get off my ass and get this band rolling. This is for real. I got to cut a record. I figured, you know, I'm screwed up and average enough that I could write a song that'll live on forever. And then after that, it don't matter. Death is stalking me. Yeah, and it's like, oh God, your tattoos are so dumb. Chaz and (laughs) Kayla have a big fight because she wrecked the tape. Because that's something we didn't mention. It kind of showed little clips of Kayla throughout the night. And yeah, and she goes to find the tape. She's like, So she gets the word that Chester Neck needs his tape. And she goes and finds it, and it's in a gutter. A dog's peed on it. A couple cars have run over it. And it's the most haggard, like, beat-up tape in the world. And she hands it to him, and he's like, This is, like, we. I don't even know if we can play this. Oh, whoa, what happened to this? It fell off the nightstand. What did you do to my tape? Can we even play this? I don't know. Maybe if I clean it up and re-spool it, Christ. I came all the way down here just to bring that stupid tape. Yeah, and you took real good care of it, didn't you, Yoko? Okay, we shut up! And uh, Rex calls her Yoko. Yeah, totally (laughs) Yoko. Jimmy Wing shows up. Oh, that's right. And there we go. And right. in a like a funny twist, well, Milo ends up representing them because he knows contracts. He's a businessman. So he ends up representing them to the record company and uh, gets them a really good record deal. 
And then Chaz discovers that uh, Jimmy Wing hasn't even heard the song, but he's signing them to a contract. So he takes the contract and he wipes his butt with it. Record contract? Uh Uh-huh. We got a record contract. (laughs) Everything square, too. You just autograph it on the last page and you got yourself a deal. (laughs) 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 Got a contract. (laughs) We got a contract. Hey, man, what are you doing? Hey, bro, we got signed. No way, are you crapping me? What are you doing with that? Didn't you play a song for him? No, no, we didn't hook this thing up yet. So you two haven't heard the demo? I heard it on the radio earlier. You heard it for about five seconds and then it got eight. Well, Chaz, my man. It's not just the music. It's the way you talk about it. You have such passion. Whoa, whoa, what am I hearing? What's wrong, man? No deal, no. What's this? What are you talking about? No deal! Yesterday, Dick Shine here kicks me out of Palantine Records, and today, he has a record contract for me to sign. He hasn't even heard my tape. No deal! But this is what you wanted. You want to know what I think of your contract? Allow me to demonstrate wipes his ass with his record contract i love this guy but straight up because he doesn't want to be he doesn't want to be signed until they hear the song and they like it like he's trying to be pure about his music cool about it he wants everyone to hear it like them and then give them a deal which is and they're still well and they're still not able to play the tape on the radio because the tape is haggard plus kayla and Chaz get in a fight and she throws a chair through the window and it wrecks all the equipment. Yeah, and then so but that's what did, where they decide. There's yes, there's Joel. some there's some growth here on Chaz's part because yeah. because he, he turns the tables on his girlfriend and he's Ooh. like he just goes she because she wants in on like all this stuff and Chaz is like, you know, are you here to help us or are you here to like bitch out Rex? She's like, you wrote that song for me. That is my song. And he's like, I wrote that song before I even met you. And that's why. Full circle. Full circle. And then then she throws the chair and like her smashes everything. I'm a part of this. You wrote that song for me. That's my song. I wrote that song before I even met you. Like a spaz. Like a spaz. So they're sitting there, they're trying to figure out what the hell to do, what's happening. And Milo and Jimmy Wang are doing their thing. And then they decide, you guys are going to play live. And it's like... You guys going to put on a show to the crowd from the rooftop of the radio station. So, I mean, it's it's like the icing on the cake. The crowd is there already. Nobody needs to be coerced. They're already sitting there waiting. So they fly in a stage. They fly in a pre-constructed stage. And, like, guitars, drums, all the one, the equipment that they want, all of that stuff. And then, so there's all these things going on. It's mayhem. And they get to the point of actually putting on the show. And Chaz realizes that they're not even plugged in. They're just going to play the re-spooled tape. And he loses his mind and he's like no i'm no, not gonna do it we're not, not doing do this it. we're not we're not being a bunch of like how does he word he words it in a weird way yeah he's like don't make us be lame 
Yeah, that's what it is. And he's like, Thanks. our song could be Pip farting on a snare drum to you. And <laughs> yeah, Pip's like, I ain't farting, farting on, on no snare drum. This is rocking. Yeah! For the video, we're gonna play your tape through the PA system, and you guys just pantomime. What are you yanking me? Well, look, look. If you don't do it this way, then we won't be able to sync it up in post. Okay, now Rex, lift up the gun, up the gun, so they can see it. Come on. I ain't lip syncing, man. It's a video. People always lip syncing videos. Oh, come on, this is bullshit. So that's all we are to you, huh? Some freak show. For all you care, our album could be pit farting on a snare drum. Guys, I ain't farting on no snare drum. If you guys don't do it, we don't have a deal. Me, the lawyers from Palatine Records, we walk. Now, do you got that? And But then he also explains, like, you're not really going to do any time. Like, now you're, you're under you're the Palatine, famous. like, Palatine umbrella, we're going to look after you. You're famous. Yeah, we've got a team of lawyers. You're famous. And, you know, and it's all this stuff. But anyway, so they play this. Well, they don't play this show. No. Like, what happens is they start playing the song, and Kaz is like, and he like throws his hands up and the song goes on and they're just like everyone's freaking out he jumps into the crowd and that's kind of like the end of their hostage situation and then the next scene the Lone Rangers are playing live from prison and we finally get to hear the song Yeah, Degenerated check it out man, the Digger song favorite parts like in that bit is like see Buscemi's like he's playing the bass and then he like throws it up on his hip like this he's like and starts like pumping the air with his bass he's like yeah yeah and he looks out into the audience to realize it's just a bunch of dudes like prisoners like like, looking at him do that he's like oh yeah yeah Pip's like Rex man what are you doing and he's like looks forward like he's like uh, and like classic, like Adam Sandler style movie. Like, there's the one guy who's like, Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> what are you doing, man?
that my friends is Airheads. Yeah, so uh, credits come up to Ramones. Uh, I would end yeah. no movie in any better way than with a Ramones song. I mean, I would say that this soundtrack has some very strong points, but it also has a few not-so-strong points. Well, Faith No More is on the soundtrack. Yes. Oh, Primus is on the soundtrack? Well, Yeah. Candlebox? Yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm going to take back what I said. It's Prong. not. There's nothing mainstream on this <laughs> soundtrack. Anthrax. It's, it's a good soundtrack. Crazy good soundtrack. Ramones, Ice-T. Come on. Joel, what, um, you, what is your rating? What is your guys' rating? I want to hear Mario's uh, rating. Okay, so my rating is, this is one of my favorite movies. I can watch it over and over again and not be bored. I am going to give it four and a half sleeveless flannel shirts out of five. Ooh, nice. Um, I will say four fake pistols full of hot sauce out of five. Nice. And I'm gonna give it five pip farting on a snare drum out of five. <laughs> awesome. I was also gonna say five. Um, everyone gets to sit in a chair except for you. Zzz, out of five. <laughs> yeah. Both are good. Both are really good. There you go. So if you have any movie recommendations, we would love to hear <laughs> them. Weekend at Deckers at gmail.com. We always want um, opinions. We want people's ratings. And we also would love recommendations on what we should do next. You know what we want? We want your money. Uh, I want to stop working. Let's just do this full time. Give me your money. Uh, yeah. Typical. <laughs> Typical. Yeah, if no, you, you want more than one episode every three months, maybe toss us a couple bucks. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We should start doing a beer fund. Let's do a beer fund. Yeah, you know what? Like just buy us... Buy us a beer for the episode. I don't know how to say that. How do I say it? Is that the right time to say that? I don't know what you're saying. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I, I have no idea what you're saying. five-star rating? Do we need a prime membership to win this class? <laughs> right? What do you do? What? 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 You're just saying words. Just words are coming out of your mouth, and it they has are not nothing to do with the movie or us. Use your thoughts. All right, if you like us, please keep listening. I'll stop being dumb. <laughs> <laughs>